It's time for episode 344 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's the antithesis of jazz. That's right. We are structured. We are formal. There's no room for any kind of jazzy substitutions because I can't think of the word that I'm actually trying to come up with. I am one of your co-hosts, Micah Sargent, and I'm joined across the internet by my co-host, and the word was improv, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? Hi, Micah. I'm not reading from a script. This is just our natural banter. <laughs> and that laugh was not scripted. Uh, but what is scripted each each week is the fact that we have two awesome guests. And uh, I am pleased to say that to my left is the platform editor at Medium's One Zero publication and, bless her heart, a recovering podcaster. It's Megan Maroney. Hello. I didn't get the script. Someone forgot to send me the script. I haven't run my lines or anything. I'm going to fire that intern any minute now. Uh, to my left this week is a, uh, a little indie iOS Mac developer. He makes an app called Dice by PCalc and probably some other app as well. You know him. You love him. It's James Thompson. Welcome back, James. Oh, thank you for this precious social contact. <laughs> You're welcome. We physical distance, but we don't social distance here on Clock. Wise. Uh, folks, you know how this show works. There are four topics, just 30 minutes, and I'm going to kick things off with mine. Look, I saw a video yesterday of someone getting swabbed to test for COVID-19, and it was horrifying, but it also was, not only was it impactful in the sense of uh, how much one's nasal cavities have to be impacted. But it was also impactful in the sense of uh, reminding me why we're all staying at home and sheltering in place. And it just made me wonder, uh, what is the last video uh, that impacted you? Or that even if, it could be a photo, it's not to be a video, but a photo, a video, the last piece of media that really impacted you. Uh, and by the way, I have included a link. I don't think I'm going to include one in the show notes, but if uh, the, the folks here haven't seen it, <laughs> you might want to see it. Uh, Megan, tell me, what was the last video that impacted you? Well, uh, after thinking about swabbing the inside of my nose or your nose or anybody's <laughs> nose, um, the first thought that came to me was the video of the bucket of puppies. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen it, but that is um, what I usually go to in times of need. But I thought a little I, – I, I spent some time thinking about this, and then I, I really thought about what had impacted me. And then I thought about a video that I saw by Mona Chalabi. Um, I saw it on – I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. It might be Chalabi. I don't know. James, maybe you have to help me on here. But she's a data journalist, and uh, she posted this video on TikTok, and I saw it on Instagram. Um, and it was she's an artist also. So she had this glass full of green liquid, which I assume was like water from paint. Uh, but it was a full glass of green liquid. And under it, it was – she wrote, Mark Zuckerberg's $81 billion fortune – and then she had another glass and she took a tiny pipette, a little drop, and took a drop of green liquid and put the one little tiny pipette into the empty glass. 
And that represented his $25 million coronavirus mm. donation. Mm. And uh, it's made the rounds. And, you know, a lot of people have been very quick to defend uh, the billionaire, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, he did give $25 million, That's a lot. But it just makes you think about how much money some people have um, versus so little that other people have. And, you know, how... When you see it, that's what I love about Mona Shalabi, that she represents data in this very visual way. So I would say um, that's the video. Check it out. Um, I can send a link if you want to add it to the show notes, or you can just probably look up Mona Chalabi on Instagram or and Mona Chalabi, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, billionaires, and probably find it yourself. You know, it's funny, uh, Megan, because the one that came to mind for me is very similar in topic area. And it was one that came was going around a couple months ago uh, by Humphrey Yang who made a couple uh, TikTok videos in which he did something very similar, but he did it with the, the grains of rice, where he was like, this is how much, this is how many grains of rice, you know, represent uh, $100,000. And it's like, here's a million dollars. And it's like a bigger pile. And he's like, uh, here's a billion dollars. And it's like a way bigger pile. And then he's like, let me represent how much money Jeff Bezos has. And he had to like go to the store and buy a giant bag of rice, like a sack of rice and pour it out to show how much Jeff Bezos's fortune is worth. And it was the same thing, right? Like the visualization of it in a way that's much easier to understand uh, is is just incredibly captivating. I mean, moreover, I saw a tweet yesterday talking about somebody who was like, oh, yes, we have almost a billion coronavirus cases. And the other person's like, what? No, that's impossible in the U.S. And they're like, oh, it's just we, we've we hit a million, nine million more, and we hit a billion. And it's like, no, what? That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, again, it's, you know, I think there's a lot of misconception about that. And so providing it visually rather than just numbers written out is way more uh, graspable for a lot of us. Uh, and then in the end there, I'll throw in, uh, there are two compilation videos I love on YouTube that are my go-to for uh, uh, de-stressing. And they are compilations of dance scenes from movies, one set to Shut Up and Dance and one set to Uptown Funk. You can find them very easily on YouTube. They are delightful and like definitely if you need to de-stress, they're great, great watching. If I'm being honest, I'm trying to actively avoid being impacted right now. There's so much <laughs> impact out there. I'm kind of picking and choosing exactly when I want to be impacted and by how much. Too much emotion is not great for you. Um, I did think that the coronavirus transmission visualizations on the Washington Post a couple of weeks ago did a really good job of explaining the different strategies of trying to flatten the curve and what it does. Um, but I'd also shout out, there's a video entitled You Clap For Me Now, which features various NHS workers in the UK who are normally subject to racist attacks and who are now saving oh, the lives yeah. of those who would attack them. And it's uh, that certainly had an impact. Uh, for my uh, happy, fun uh, moment, I would... Uh, encourage people to watch the Birds of Prey movie and see Harley Quinn hitting people with a bat. <laughs> mm, I love it. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which comes from Megan. We're all podcasters, uh, some of us more often than others these days, but so we're kind of used to the, um, to, you know, trying to give way to each other to talk. But I think it's interesting that everybody's learning this now because everyone's on 
video calls, mostly Zoom. And I have gotten in the habit, and everyone on my team has gotten the habit of muting your mic when you're not talking. And it's sort of this thing. It's like, you know, this is what you do when you're you're on a video call. You mute your mic. No one wants to hear you breathing. No one wants to hear your dog barking. No one wants to hear you're, you eating soup. Um, but I just, I read an article that said that, if everybody opened their mic, it would actually lead to a better conversation. It would be more open. So I brought this up in a meeting that I had yesterday. Um, you know, I said, I suggested like, what if we all tried this? And immediately everyone, because they were muted, they got into the chat box of the meeting and they're like, Megan, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. No, you're horrible. And like, I did feel a little bit of like, okay, boomer kind of in that moment. But, uh, I was like, well, let's just try it. And we tried it and it was really nice because you just, you know, I don't know. I just felt like everyone wasn't like, okay, I'm going to talk now. I'm going to meet myself. I'm going to meet myself. It just made for a more open conversation. First, I'm amazed that you got everybody to mute themselves. That That's that's the biggest <laughs> problem in any Zoom conference I'm having is people just sort of talking over each other. And when I say that, I mean non-podcast ones, which just mainly involves my family and my family is very talkative. So it's hard to get them to do that. I think it really depends. I mean, I like the idea of like the ambient noise. Like I don't mute myself on podcasts, for example, right? Like when, when everybody's talking. Um, because you do have responses and interjections and, and on other shows, you know, back and forth. It really, I think, adds a lot to the conversation. I think in meetings, it's a lot harder if you have somebody who wants to like, here's our agenda. Here's what we're getting across. And the other problem there is like, it slows stuff down. You know, if people are like, oh, I can't hear you. Like I, I listen, my wife is on conference calls almost constantly throughout the day. And, you know, sometimes she'll put them on speaker and just like listening to them trying to get through to each other sometimes when it's like somebody's typing loudly and that's picking up, you know, uh, it's just so frustrating. So I love the idea in theory. I think that it would be great if the uh, algorithms on some of these conference programs got even better at eliminating some of that extraneous background noise. Like, oh, we can tell you're typing. We're just going to cancel that part of your audio out so that nobody else can hear your typing noises. But we'll let like words through. So I think there's a, a potential there, but it's it's not, unfortunately, an easy cut and dried solution. James? Um, well, the only video meetings I have for work, and you can't see the inverted commas I'm making here, uh, are playing Dungeons and Dragons on Total Party Kill. And, you know, our meetings are always unmuted, unfiltered, and occasionally undead. <laughs> but generally, I only mute because I'm choking on some hastily eaten bit of dinner. And even then, the unmuted audio is still recorded for the benefit of whoever's editing the podcast later. Um but, you know, I do agree that it's better, uh, at least with a smaller number of humans or, you know, a larger number of cats. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, what if everybody switched off their cameras instead? You know, not everything needs to be a video meeting. Why do I need to get half dressed and throw a blanket over the mess on the sofa behind me just because my financial advisor wants to tell me how bad all my investments are? You know, put it in an email. Or, or surprise me when I say I want to retire. I don't care. Um, you know, we've gone from everyone wanting to avoid even having basic phone calls to now everybody wants three-hour video calls. You know, the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction. I didn't become an introvert for all of this. <laughs> uh, interesting. So I have to say, I don't, I don't, I, I tend to, I tend to disagree with things that Megan says, but here <laughs> I have to absolutely and utterly disagree. And that is based on the meetings that I've had in the past 
three weeks where I have wanted to just, my, my hand is sort of moving on its own with the mouse to the end call button. And I just have no control over it because I'm just so frustrated listening to everyone talk over everyone at the same time and try to, uh, when someone's speaking, then someone does a cough and then suddenly the, the, the view switches and people are going, what's going on? So here's what I'll say. I think that in the right setting and with the proper uh, sort of mindset and with the the proper trust, like you've mentioned, in place, then yes, maybe. But it had to get very specific uh, to for for me to be sort of on board with this. Megan, do you have any responses to our responses? I have a lot of responses. Um, <laughs> the a, fact it's a thirty that minute show. <laughs> the only the fact that James is only half dressed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you picked up on that, did you? <laughs> yes. And, uh, I, yes, I feel, I feel for you. And I guess it is a matter of trust. Like it's a, and I think that that is something that has come up a lot. Like we're learning all kinds of different things by having to be on video calls all the time. We're just, it's, it's one of the things that like as humans, we're sort of adjusting to. So yeah, if everybody's talking over each other and you're right, like I'm talking about work meetings, but like when I have calls with family members or a bunch of friends, nobody mutes themselves and it can be frustrating. So yeah, I think um, if you can do it, I think that it might lead to a um, a better meeting. And I mean, the sad thing is like, we're going to be doing this for a long time. So we might as well try to figure out ways to make it better. Uh, you know, I, I don't disagree with you there. So we're back to agreements. Um, yeah, uh, we are going to be doing this for a long time. Well, while you are, uh, you know, doing this for a long time, why not check out a new podcast? In fact, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Modern Workplace, a podcast from Microsoft. I don't know about you, but I certainly love to find new podcasts to check out, uh, new content in general to check out. I think we're all hungry for content. Uh, and there are some really interesting uh, subjects covered in this show. If you're looking for something new to listen to, Modern Workplace, it's a monthly podcast, so you're not making a huge commitment where you've got something to, to listen to every week. Uh, it discusses digital transformation and the future of productivity. Each episode brings you access to business and technology leaders who are creating the future and has uh, each show features a focus topic, a deeper conversation with a Microsoft corporate vice president, which is actually really cool. So you start out with, you know, a, a topic that is is sort of the overall feel of the show, but then you get to actually hear these these corporate vice presidents speak uh, with their thoughts on things and then of course related news and updates. So you have an idea of what to expect. Uh, some of the topics that you might be interested in that were on uh, previous episodes include AI and machine learning, remote work and the art of teamwork. And I listened to an episode. Uh, it's called Hackers Tell All Why Your Organization is a Target. Uh, yeah, that's right. So a hacker comes onto the show and explains sort of how they got into hacking and then also talks about uh, how and why you may be at risk of being hacked and what hackers are looking for whenever they're trying to break into the system is a really fascinating conversation uh, that had some interesting bits that I thought were kind of unexpected. Uh, some of the thoughts maybe that hackers have, they're not all uh, 
you know, hood up and, and, uh, sitting in a dark room with a Mountain Dew next to them tapping away on a keyboard. It was a lot more than that. Uh, so you can go and listen to it now. You just search for Modern Workplace wherever you get your podcasts. And you, I think you know a thing or two about podcasts, given that you're listening ha- here. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E, Modern Workplace, or just click the link in the show notes to check it out. Our thanks to Modern Workplace and Microsoft for its support of this show and all of Relay FM. Alrighty, Dan Morin, what do you have for us? Well, given that we are all, or many of us, are working from home these days, and I assume all of you are working from home, I want to know what your typical home work setup is. Uh, do you sit at your desk with your computer? Do you take your iPad to the couch? Are you working on the kitchen table? Do you move throughout the day? What's How do you sort of attack this, this work from home restriction? James. Well, as a seasoned home worker for 20 years, I have a very strict setup. Now, one room of our flat is the office, and in there, there's an iMac Pro on my desk. And when I'm sitting at the desk, I'm working, and the iMac has no distracting social media apps on it or anything like that. There is no James, only code. Um, I also have a 2015 <laughs> MacBook Pro, which sits on my lap when I'm on the sofa, and I do my email and so on from there. You know, it's not really powerful enough to run Xcode or Photoshop well, so that stops me from working away from the office. Except, except... I worked out relatively recently that I can change the screen resolution of the iMac Pro to almost match that of the laptop, run screen sharing from the former to the latter, and then basically I have a super fast laptop that's as fast as an iMac Pro, and I can break all the rules, and I can write code in the living room surrounded by chocolate and distractions. There are no rules apart from staying inside and washing your hands. For me... I have to say that uh, most of my work happens. So when I moved to California, one of the things that I knew that I really wanted to try to have in this incredibly expensive, um, what is it, real estate market, somehow I wanted to try to find a two-bedroom living space that would not completely break the bank. Um, I'm not sure that I have found that, but I do have two bedrooms. And one of them is uh, my my office space, uh, because I do, you know, the podcasts from home and now do even more podcasts from home. Uh, So in my office space, I have my beautiful uh, sit-stand desk that I bought for myself whenever I got the, whenever I started working as a freelance journalist. Um, And it's gone with me everywhere. Uh, And my MacBook Pro with Touch Bar I don't know if you noticed how I said that with a little bit of disgust, but my MacBook Pro with Touch Bar and the uh, old keyboard uh, is the daily driver. Uh, it, it sits in clamshell mode with two monitors connected to it. That's where I do most of my work. However, I just got the uh, new Magic Keyboard for iPad Pro, and I already used my iPad Pro as my sort of portable device to do work elsewhere uh, other than in my office. And now with this beautiful uh, keyboard case, I I don't know. It's, it's amazing. I, I love this thing. And it's just uh, improving upon that experience. So it's kind of back and forth between my iPad Pro and my desk in my office. What about you, Megan? Well, I have a, um, I break all the rules. First of all, my desk is in my bedroom, which everyone says you shouldn't do because then you can never leave work, but it really is the only space that I have. Um, 
and uh, again, because of this <laughs> real estate market, Micah just lives just like a short five minute drive from <laughs> me. Um, and all the other rooms are my, now my children's is my children's offices. Um, and <laughs> the living room is just an open space and it, I would never be able to concentrate. I've tried. Um, so I have a desk and I have a MacBook Air because even though I try to pretend like I'm gonna, you know, I used to have a power book and I would like, you know, use all the power to do all the things, but really all I do is write and read and use Google Docs and Google Sheets. And so I really am very happy with a MacBook Air. And I have the rain design stand, which I love, which lifts it up a little bit. And then I have, this is my favorite, I have a bright red colorware magic, like little keyboard, um, Mac keyboard. I guess it's called, was it always called the magic keyboard? I think it is. Um, but it's red and it's shiny and it makes me very happy. And I need to know what kind of desk you have, Micah, because I feel like I need to have a standing desk. I had one when I was working at Twit, and now I feel like I need to have one in the home because sitting all day is no good. It's the fully uh, desk, and Jarvis is, is the name of the actual desk model. And it's it's been my baby for, I don't know, five, six years now. I love it. Yeah, those are those are great answers. I'm I'm interested because I, I move around a little bit during the day, but not as much as I used to because I used to like to go to the coffee shop. Uh, most of my work is now done at my uh, desk at my iMac, which is just a 27-inch Retina iMac from a few years back. I, it is on a sit-stand desk, which is from Ergotron. Um, and I stand at sometimes when I'm doing podcasts, such as right now. Um, but yeah, most of the time I'm at my desk these days, I do take my phone or my iPad to the couch um, when I'm not like at work. Um, and I'm like browsing, you know, social media or maybe responding to some emails. I just use a smart keyboard um, on my iPad if I have to do longer stuff. But most of the time, I'm just using my phone if I'm away from the desk. I do have a MacBook Air, but I don't use it that much because, uh, you know, it's <laughs> there's not really a lot of point to it. Occasionally, if I'm doing something I really can't do on my iPad, I will take the MacBook Air over to the couch. But the battery's kind of going, so I need to leave it plugged in most of the time. Um, and then, you know, I, my wife, when she's home, she works from home a couple of days a week right now. And so she'll either be at our coffee table in the living room or sometimes the kitchen table, uh, and use that as sort of just a place to put her laptop. But yeah, there's, there's a second desk in here, but it's not really well set up, uh, for a workstation, but we've all got our ways of dealing with this. Uh, thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from James. So I have played a lot of Animal Crossing this past month on my Nintendo Switch. Some might say too much Animal Crossing, like a full-time job's worth of Animal Crossing. Um, it's certainly helped with my mental health, though, if not exactly with my productivity. Uh, do you have any tech that is getting you through the week beyond the obvious video conferencing stuff? Um, alternatively, what is your lockdown treat? Uh, my... <sighs> The tech that's getting me through is is an app, and it's Audible. Um, dot com. I love listening to audiobooks, and they are a fantastic way to uh, pass the time. But even not not necessarily pass the time, but sort of escape to another universe uh, if you so choose, and be able to experience uh, some some other story somewhere else. And it's a uh, handy thing to listen to while you're completing other tasks that you may or may not want to complete. So yeah, it's got to be Audible is my my baby right now, because I don't have Animal Crossing <laughs> uh, as much as I wish I did. Megan, what about you? I get a lot of calm and peace by seeing Animal Crossing tweets. 
Um, they are just always so interesting. I love that there's people living in all these lands. Like some people um, at my work, like had they had a meeting in Animal Crossing. Like I recently read something about how they're doing like an AI workshop in Animal Crossing. But I also don't have a switch. So iMessage is how I get through. Um, I, I have found that I've connected a lot on uh, Zoom mostly with friends from nearby and far away. And that's been really great. But I think all of us are feeling a little bit of Zoom exhaustion and just seeing like flat people's faces um, is sometimes harder <laughs> just and the talking over each other. <laughs> so I found that like I do spend a lot more time in iMessage um, just kind of connecting like I have various group large group chats and just checking in on people. And I find that much more, I find much more connection through that than the awkward dance of Zoom. I think um, it's been really nice to just be able to um, have that and just feel like in my hand, I have this connection to, to all these people who are experiencing similar things to right. what I'm experiencing. Um, my wife has been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I, she tried to get me into it, and I have a little house on the island, and she keeps leaving things for me there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I don't really log on to check it very much, uh, for the most part, because she's playing. So, you know, that's not happening anyways. Um, for me, uh, there's a, a game called Sea of Thieves, which is on the Xbox and on PCs, in which you and your friends are cartoony pirates, and you sail around a big ocean where other people may be sailing around, and you fight skeletons and dig up buried treasure and stuff like that. Uh, it's fun it has virtually zero like actual progression into it which i kind of love like you never get any better at being a pirate than like you are <laughs> like you don't have special skills or anything like that you don't get better weapons or whatever everything that you can upgrade is cosmetic in that way it's a lot like animal crossing probably <laughs> so it's like oh i got a better hat for my pirate this is amazing <laughs> um but it's it's just a lot of fun it's a great opportunity for me to catch up with friends and have an excuse and sort of an activity uh to sort of build that around and it just provides it's beautiful too like that's the other thing it's like it's nice to just get on that boat and sail around the ocean and like watch the sunset uh, and then see the auroras or sometimes get stuck in a, a thunderstorm or something like that. It just is a gorgeous, gorgeous game. It's a lot of fun. It's very casual. You can kind of drop in and out. So that's that's been my quarantine uh, guilty pleasure. So um, my social life right now, other than podcasts like this and chatting to folk on video, it's almost entirely spent visiting people's islands in Animal Crossing and exchanging thoughtful presents. Um, it's a game about things that aren't really possible right now, like going outside, meeting up with friends and capitalism. Uh, but there's a, there's a nice community around the game and, you know, it just feels fun. And any game that gives me, uh, control over building something seems to help me relax. You know, it's the same feeling I get from Lego, really. Um, but, you know, in, terms of treat aside from the uh, aforementioned wonder woman and fast and furious lego that is arriving tomorrow uh i've been buying like little small snacks at the supermarket that i wouldn't normally buy you know like chocolate biscuits or you know uh things like that you all deserve a treat uh yeah. you know like like dan's book dan's got a new book coming you should buy that that's true that's true <laughs> thank you that's a great treat uh, well, you know, it's been a treat doing this show with all of you, but we have reached the end. Before we get there, one quick bonus topic for you. How do you like your eggs, Megan? Uh, uh, fried on toast. 
Uh, that sounds delicious. I like eggs any way I can get them. I like poached eggs, uh, scrambled, fried, um, hard-boiled, soft-boiled. I'll take any any form of eggs. I like them all. On a plate with bacon, sausages, black pudding, haggis, beans, <laughs> oh and a fried potato scone, hold the eggs. Oh, my goodness. Hold the eggs. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> scrambled is my go-to, but I'll have eggs pretty much anyway, except for the hold the eggs way. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful show. Uh, all that's left is to say goodbye to our awesome guests. Megan Maroney, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, you guys. And James Thompson, thank you so much for being here. I, I promise I will wear trousers next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no promises from the rest of us here, but we can promise that we'll be back next week. And until then, we remind all of you listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>